The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, our show today is about soul-infused joining of hearts. It's about relationships. And you know that relationships are really tough at times. It's tough because conflict arises and we're supposed to grow from each other. We're supposed to learn from each other, but it isn't an easy process. And so today we are going to be speaking with an expert on this. We're going to be speaking with Deborah Rebel, PhD, a Cleveland-based licensed psychologist, and she conducts a private practice and facilitates workshops and seminars on personal transformation and well-being. Um, She is also the founder of Heart Paths, which is a a producer of materials inspiring full self-expression and the director of Foundation in Light, which is an international nonprofit educational organization which furthers spiritual growth and spiritual and self-realization. As I said, she is the author of this wonderful book, Soul-Hearted Partnership. Creating the ultimate experience of love, passion, and intimacy. And isn't that what everybody wants? So we are having Deborah Rebel join us all the way from Ohio. And I want to thank you so much for joining us, Deborah. Thank you again. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mari, to be here today and to be talking on your show. I, I'm excited because what you're doing in your work is something that is so important on the planet, especially yeah, these days. And and thank goodness that we have like-minded people that we're meeting that are also on that same path of trying to bring harmony to our world. And that's what you're doing in, in a, a little bit different way. So let's talk about why is it that you wrote this book, Soul-Hearted Partnership? Well, I was inspired actually from my own life and also from my clients. Um, I had started the book, oh, about 11 years ago because it was part of my, my path, my journey, my journey in this lifetime, to really become better in my relationships. First, my relationship with self, and then my relationship with other people. And as I started to participate in my own journey, I saw that other people really needed these spiritual principles as well. And one of my clients one day said, would you please write down these guidelines that you give us in our sessions so that other people you know, can have it as a blueprint? So I started the second and third versions, and here we are with 
Wholehearted Partnership now um, being out on the market. So it was it was quite a journey for me. So, you know, we hear what your clients were telling you. You know, you've got to share this stuff. Yeah. So what is it, if you have like in a nutshell, of what do you want your readers to really take away after they read this book? What I found was that people had given up on some of their relationships. We are vulnerable in three areas uh, of our lives. Most importantly, health, finances, and relationships. And when I saw people coming into my office, most of the time they were having difficulties in relationships and feeling like that they would never have ones that were, they were spiritually connected or a mutual exchange of real positive energy. And I thought, I need to inform people and let them know that it's possible with working on yourself, first of all, and then the other partner or other person in the relationship working on themselves those two joining of energies in that synergy can really set off a beautiful transcendent partnership. So that's that was my inspiration for really bringing this book, you know, together for the first time. You know, I see people in my own office, especially when I do divorce mediation or a business partnership, but especially we're talking about love relationships when we're talking to you. And I have a lot of divorcing couples that they they are not able to get to that higher self where they can work on themselves and help the other party work on herself or himself. It it becomes a blame game, blame and guilt, blame and guilt. And for example, yesterday I was speaking with one of my vendors who knows that I'm always open and willing and receptive to hearing what he says. And he was telling me that his wife is at such point and after, I guess, 25 years of marriage that she's saying she'd rather just have him just leave her alone. It's just too much trouble to try and interact and try and connect because it turns into a blame game. Is that something that you see in your practice as well? Yes, it is, Mari. Um, it's interesting you brought up that particular point because when people I hear say, leave me alone, what, what most people are really trying to say is, let me be, meaning I just need space. And especially in long-term relationships, we become so familiar with each other, we don't always give each other space to explore, to, to really be ourselves. And... So one of the first things I tell people is just let that person be. They're not saying they don't want you in their lives. They're just saying they want more private time, more time to themselves. Because we come together with these wonderful differences that we fall in love with, with the other person. And then as time goes on, those differences become irritants. And so I try to guide people through playing through those differences, remembering that that's what makes the relationship wonderful is those wonderful complementary elements that we once found very, you know, helpful and enticing. And, you know, sometimes we find people in our lives who are very different from us. And if you look at it from a spiritual level, we have a lot to learn from each other because we're so different. And, and that's the problem was when people get polarized and they don't value those differences like you're talking about. Isn't that how you see it as well? Absolutely, and, and what you're talking about, Marnie, is so important because one of the first things that we have to do in relationship, in any 
and not just in love relationships, but any relationship we're involved in, is to acknowledge the other person. Acknowledgement doesn't mean I have to say I love you. In intimate relationships, we would want to start that conversation with I love you and let's talk about what just happened. But any friendship or work-related relationship, family relationship, we have to acknowledge the other person for who they are, their being. So that means that's all the flaws and imperfections and everything that goes with that. So we start there. Then, after we acknowledge each other, then we go into the nitty-gritty. What are some of the differences that are separating us right now instead of actually bringing us together? You know, I have a couple recently that um, one of the spouses was telling me, I, I can't be in this relationship, even though my spouse wants to stay in this relationship. I can't because I lost myself. I totally lost myself in this relationship. I don't know who I am anymore. I, and it's, it's almost like a smothering that this person feels. You bring up such a wonderful point because in, in soul-hearted partnership, one of the main principles that I guide people through is you, the first half of the book is all about a relationship with self. And in so many relationships, one, one partner or the other starts to feel like they compromise themselves. They're always deferring over to that other person, their needs, their wants. And if they don't come in with a secure base or work on that security in themselves while they're in relationship, they're going to feel like I, I, I lose myself, as you, as you mentioned, or I don't feel like my needs are being met or my goals. And so I try to guide people to really use the principles first in their own sense of self and really fully expressing that in their lives. Right. And for some people, you know, I, I in talking with this couple, for some people, it, it, it was so hard for this person who felt that he lost himself in that relationship. It It's so, I mean, he did take responsibility and say, I didn't say anything. I just let it go. But the problem is, is so many people don't know how to communicate what they're feeling. They're so concerned about avoiding conflict or not allowing things to escalate because they're, they're fear of what might happen if they bring things up, that it instead they bury it and it, and it becomes this, this huge elephant in the room. Yes, that's so true, especially with couples that have been together for long periods of time. And that's just not intimate partners, but they can be friends or family members. We, we forget that the other person can't read our minds. Right. <laughs> we expect them to, especially when we've been together with someone for a long time. And we need to remember that the other person doesn't have our experience. They can never have it, just like we can't have theirs. So if something is going on, it's up to us to communicate to that person what it is that we're feeling what it is that we need, what it is that we want. And we have to do it in our, our own words because they don't have that experience that we're having. Um, and once we communicate, then there starts the dialogue. And in that communication, you know, we have to say making sure that the conflict doesn't escalate. And I know people do get very afraid of you know, fighting, argumentative confrontation. But if we follow some principles... And I saw on your website that you follow some similar ones that, that I've come up with with couples and friendships and people. Is first to give permission to pause. If something's, if it's starting to feel like it's getting out of control, 
pause and you know, walk out of the room, take a break. It doesn't have to be resolved at that moment. But conflict is inevitable in any relationship because we're different. Yes. And, and from my perspective, I welcome conflict. Not the kind of conflict that turns into fighting, but the kind of conflict that brings up a, a need for change. So if conflict comes up in your relationship, it means that there is something you're not addressing, or it means that there is a new opportunity for growth in relationship. That conflict in itself is not really bad. It just shows you that there's different perspectives, and it gives you this great opportunity to transform your relationship into something better by understanding each other. But unfortunately, a lot of people feel very threatened when someone says, I disagree with you, the person feels that they're being rejected. Yes, and that I see that a lot with um, in my practice, and it's really helpful to, to have people really understand they're not saying, I disagree with, you know, your being, your, your person. I just disagree with your, whatever you're saying. And to get the other person to really experience that they can have a difference of opinion without it having to cause, you know, disharmony. Right. And in another op- opportunity for changing that word disagree, because disagree is a negative word, is to say, I see it differently. Yeah. Because it's okay to see it differently. And, and to disagree already puts up this barrier. So, you know, it's it's all about how we communicate, which is really something that you delve into great greatly in your book. Let's talk a little bit about how the concept of soul-hearted partnership is really different from other relationship models. Well, the difference is I've taken um, a model of relationship and bumped it up <laughs> a lot of notches. I've I've really spelled out in the book, a relationship that two people can really have if they are doing the spiritual work individually. And then it comes into the couple relationship. Soul-hearted partnership really gives two individuals the opportunity to grow and transform and to really align with their soul's journey. And it's supported by the other partner. Um, It helps, it guides them to, the relationship itself is a guide for them to see their own imperfections, their own patterns that come up. So if they have a control pattern and they start to micromanage the other partner, the other partner can give feedback and support the other person to let go of that pattern. And some of the the most important way to do that is through intimacy, as you know. Trust. Being able to listen without making a you know, negative statement without blame, to be able to have a safe space to be vulnerable. And many of the relationships that I see don't offer that foundation, that beautiful exchange of energies that's supportive and also is creative. So when the couple comes together and they've been working individually, then this beautiful surge of energy can be used for, for good, for their own individual pursuits as well as a couple's pursuits and out into the world. And so that's, it's really a template for having to really striving for that most supportive, transcendent relationship. Right. And so when you talk about this, you know, and, and I, I share a lot of the same thoughts that you have and, and probably on the same, very similar path that you're on, but what about those couples that are 
not comfortable or not in touch with their spiritual side. You know, they think that it's maybe going to be religious and a religious kind of uh, aspect that they grew up in that was punitive, for example. Mm -hmm. So how do you get them to get to that place of really having this spiritual journey? Well, I really feel that in order to have this kind of relationship, you've got to have a relationship on all levels with yourself, so mind, body, and spirit. Spirit not being necessarily a religious aspect, but an, an essence of our being. I use words like essence, uh, inner voice, higher self, uh, to help people get in touch with that, that inner worth that they have that is the guiding force in their lives and to trust that voice, to trust that inner self, so that it, it really moves away from re- any kind of religious belief, but more of a flow of energy. Right. Although, we're, and we're not trying to really um, discredit religion, because I think a lot of people who are, you know, very involved, they're, they're spiritual and they're religious, and that really helps them to hold their marriage together. And I know I know of couples who have lost children, that because of their religious and spiritual beliefs has really helped them to get beyond that and to be supportive of each other. So we're not talking down religion. We're just saying that you don't have to be religious, but you have to have some sense of your higher self. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. What about if there is a depressive or an abusive relationship? Now, because I've, I've seen that in couples as well, where someone is extremely depressed or someone who's abusive verbally or well, physically. Yeah. In those type of relationships, the, actually the connection between the two people are, is very strong, and that's why they continue to keep slugging it out with each other, one more so than the other. But the, it's really up to that partner who's being abused to find the support and the courage to be able to leave that partner because there's not going to be a place of safety for that person to grow. And it's going to keep diminishing that person's sense of self, their sense of worth. And what I would suggest is they immediately you know, separate so that they can be, each of them can be safe. Right. And I do guide people through that process of releasing relationships as well in the book because sometimes we have to let go in order to continue to grow in further relationships in our lives. And so in that abusive situation, I would really guide that the person being abused to start to really work on themselves so they can leave that relationship and have more of a healthier relationship in the future. Right. And we're sitting here on the campus. A lot of people get into you know, love relationships. Obviously, we have people driving by who are in marital relationships for a long period of time. So we all are in some, most of us have had loving relationships, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual, it doesn't matter. It's still the same issues come up for everybody. And it's so important that we recognize that that relationship is really this opportunity for us to grow and for us to learn. I remember people saying to me, especially since I do a lot of divorce and in, you know, partnership disillusion that, you know, I'm miserable and I don't have a choice. And I don't think people often realize that they do have four choices. They can work on themselves. Number one, they can negotiate for change 
with their partner. They can be miserable, and that's a choice, or they can leave. But sometimes people don't realize that leaving is, is I mean, that being miserable was a choice that they made. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. We always have choice, even in the most profound, difficult circumstances. We have a choice of how we're viewing that particular circumstance and how we're experiencing it. We're not at the, We don't have to be at the effect of it that way. So when I see a, you know, a person who feels that I have no choice, the first thing I want them to get in touch with is themselves. Work on yourself. That is a choice. Yes. If you focus those energies within and on yourself, you will change, and that will change things. It doesn't mean it will change it the way you want it or the way you, you, know, you want that person to be, but the relationship will change with just one partner changing. And sometimes that, that change, is, as you mentioned, is one person leaves. Right. Both people part. So, but we have to be open to those possibilities that that might be the best thing at that time. And you see that all the time, Ari. Yes, <laughs> I do. And, you know, over the years, I have a, I've had, a, oh, let's see, in the 26 years, I've had about 20 couples who got back together through the mediation process because it's not litigated. It doesn't escalate the conflict. It, it does work to deflect conflict and to help people to understand how to communicate in an effective way without blaming guilt. So sometimes it, if it isn't too far gone, people can get back together. You did such a wonderful service offering that to couples because so many times people just want to be heard and they don't know how to get their self across to have someone else listen. And you offered that environment, that safe environment where each person can be. And sometimes that's all it is. Yes. Is to be seen and heard by someone. Exactly. And they surely don't want to be seen and heard in a courtroom. No. It's humiliating, <laughs> no. right? We are speaking with Deborah Rebel, PhD. She is the author of Soul Hearted Partnership, creating the ultimate experience of love, passion, and intimacy. You know, when we're talking about intimacy, I hear people say, you know what? I'll often ask couples that call me, well, why are you getting a divorce? Tell me from your perspective. Why are you getting a divorce? And someone will say, well, you know what? My husband or my wife just doesn't talk to me about things anymore. I cannot get her to talk to me or I cannot get him to talk to me. We just don't talk. So how do we get to so hard to talk when we can't even get the partners to communicate? (laughs) Well, first of all, we have to talk to ourselves. (laughs) We have to start again with, am I listening to my own inner voice? Do I hear myself or am I listening to the, my chatter in my brain, which is usually all the patterns that just all the shoulds, coulds, and woulds. Um, so the first thing is to really quiet the mind, quiet the brain, and listen to the heart with oneself. So we have to know what we, we want, what we need for ourselves before we can communicate that to another human being. And so many times people don't know that. They aren't aware of what that is. So they don't share because it's not something that's, you know, they're aware of in themselves. But when we start to share that with the other person, intimacy comes from feeling safe. I can really be vulnerable. I can share my most innermost thoughts and imperfections and vulnerabilities with somebody else in an environment where I'm listened to, 
I'm not interrupted, I'm not told I'm wrong, and that they accept my experience for just my experience, that it's mine. And they don't make it, you know, make it any different than what, is, what I'm actually expressing. So intimacy comes from trust. Most, the most basic, you know, any, any foundation of any relationship comes from basic trust or absolute trust. Trust in oneself first and then trusting that partner. But we have to know that we trust ourselves to know if that person's trustworthy. So people say, well, I have to give my, I feel like I'm, you know, trusting someone I don't know, or I have to give my trust over to somebody. <clears throat> it's really about trusting oneself, and then that you'll know if that person's trustworthy in order to be able to share at that kind of level. So that's what Soul Hearted <coughs> would require, is that really those elements of trust, and then also the safety and vulnerability of those two people. And, you know, I think that's a really important point about trusting because people will get into relationships and let's say it's a new relationship and they're just, you know, they're head over heels in love, you know, love at first sight. They're all excited. And then they open up and they trust and they get kicked, you know, when they're down. And someone uses that vulnerability and twists it to, to, you know, blame them or to do something that makes them feel terrible. What about that? Yes, I would say that person <coughs> did open themselves up, did become vulnerable, but I would ask that person, did you see the signs that there was probably something there that showed you that person wasn't trustworthy? And that's why we have to be so in touch with ourselves. We have to watch. Are their actions matching their words? We, we hear a lot from people about how they can, oh, trust me. When someone says, trust me, I always, that's a red flag. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I go, okay, <laughs> well, I'm going to put my antenna up now. Uh, and, and maybe just to trust in, in little increments. Like, yes, do a trust, and kind of, and, and I don't mean to make it sound uh, like it's, you know, like, okay, I'm the lawyer and you're going to test you. But in a way, you are making little tests. You, like you said, you to be very conscious of what's happening. You say something to someone and they keep the secret. You say something uh, to your your loved one and even in a fight, they don't bring it up. They they never use that as a sword against you. And so the more that you make these little tests of faith and trust, then the more that you can grow with that and until you can totally open up. Yes, it's not that you become vulnerable overnight. You, the person has to earn the, the respect and the honor of sitting with someone else and having them open at that level. And we are just out of time. So I am going to uh, just state the name of your book again, Soul Hearted Partnership. It's wonderful here by Deborah Rebel. And Deborah, you want to just give your website and then it's time to go. Yes, my website is www.debrarebel.com. Well, thank you so much. And keep up that wonderful work for wonderful, intimate relationships because you're terrific. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. <laughs> All righty. Bye-bye. pleasure. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests, see their pictures, 
their bios, jump over to their URL, look at their websites, and see what we're doing about conflict in the in, in how to resolve it and make your life more peaceful. And write us emails about what's important to you about conflict in your life so that you can transform it into opportunity. Thank you. in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.